This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. As always, I beg, I request that you like this content. And if you've not yet done so, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. We are continuing on the theme of entrepreneurship, but we're doing it a little differently. This time, due to demand, right? Every, we, we've, we've spoken about old economy enough, and it's time to introduce a little Israeli ingenuity into the mix. It is Startup Nation, after all. And it is my pleasure to introduce Amir Weitman, who is the co-founder of Champel Capital. He is an experienced licensed investment advisor and asset manager and has been involved in asset management since 2004. So we have something in common. From 2010 to 2017, he served as a senior investment advisor for Bank of Poland. And in two, 2017, he co-founded Champel Capital. Um, he holds a BA and an MA in international relations from the Geneva Graduate Institute of International Studies and also the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. He's also involved in politics, but we'll save that for another, uh, for another, another show. Time. Amir, welcome to the show. Thank you, Aaron. So let's jump right in. So you were in my line of work, right? You were doing investment advisory work for Bank of Paul Lib. Um, how do you decide to transition from, from that into the world of venture capital? Well, I really didn't plan it. I mean, I planned on doing something else. It was part of my plan of, I was going to, you know, I was thinking about doing something else more exciting than working in a bank. Uh, politics was one, of, was one option, uh, doing something else. In business uh, was another and then came this simply came an opportunity i mean uh, i grew up in switzerland in geneva and my best friend we actually grew up together we know each other since kindergarten literally since 1978 we were three years old and uh, so it's my best friend he called me one day he did well in life so he called me one day early 2017 and he said uh, to me, listen, Amir, I want to invest in the startup nation. I know you're knowledgeable about the whole space, about the industry, finance, etc. So I want you to leave the bank. Let's do business with it together. So that was the opportunity. Uh, needed a little bit of courage <laughs> because, you know, it's it's a bit of going into the unknown. But Baruch Hashem, thank God, uh, you know, everything is for the better. So I did leave the bank April 2017 and started working with my friend. Uh, originally, we invested in his own personal capital, and I would say friends and family around, and we started growing, uh, brought in uh, more uh, uh, clients, LPs, and then we decided we're going to create our own fund, uh, because, you know, thank God, so far, so good, uh, with already three exits and more, more to come. And, and um, so we created our first fund early this year, January. 2022, we raised around $30 million and looking forward to raise more money, carry on uh, investing in, in the first uh, fund, in the first uh, iteration of our of what of our activity, we have made 14 investments, one four. And now we have already invested in our fund, in the second fund, uh, already in four companies, two more are at the stage after term sheet, in other words, 
uh, we are looking, um, you know, to find final to sign final agreements with them. I would say, hopefully, before the uh, Rosh Hashanah, before the, uh, the the new year, and uh, so we should be with the portfolio by the Chagim, by the festivals of six companies, and then of course we've got a large panel of other companies. So we're looking to deploy our capital quite aggressively because. To put it together, you know, with your introduction, uh, we see how the markets are going down. Now, I remember very clearly, you know, uh, Warren Buffett said once that stocks are very peculiar. It's the only thing in the world that people are scared of buying when they become cheaper. And it doesn't make sense, does it, right? Right. So first of all, I'm saying here and as an investment advisor and and as an asset manager, you know, you have to be careful, everything depending on your own personal circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. Not giving a wholesale uh, uh, investment advice. No investment advice, right? Right. I'm not doing that. But having said that, for whoever has got, you know, some capital and uh, time in front of him, uh, I would say that uh, there are quite a lot of uh, great opportunities that is true in the public markets everywhere in the world. And that is possibly even more true in the venture capital space where where valuations have come down very, very, very spectacularly. And uh, we can now invest in companies at very serious discounts. Okay. I want to get into that um, shortly, but let's speak a little bit about more what you're focusing on a what stage are you investing in? Right, that's very important for those who are uninitiated to to, to venture capital. Um, there are different stages uh, of where you can invest in startup companies. So maybe you can speak on that. What your sort of sweet spot is, and can you tell you tell us a little bit about your your successes, about your uh, your exits? Right. So um, so first of all, maybe before even that, just to give some sort of a general explanation. Um, uh, about the life of a company, right? In general, typically speaking, a company when it starts and when there's nothing, it's it's called at the st- it's called the stage of seed, or now it, be- it used to be seed, now it's called pre-seed. Don't ask me why, but uh, uh, it's essentially when the start when it's just starting, right? So uh, early stages of the of the life of a company is pre-seed, seed, post-seed. In other words, if you want. Uh, uh, it's 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 when the company is really starting, when there is just an idea, when the 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 product, the technology is being built. This is the seed stage. When you go beyond that and you start growing the company, in other words, when you start having maybe first revenue, first clients, um, and when the product matures, technology matures, uh, and we move from a development stage to a growth stage, progressively speaking then there are uh, different stages in the life of a company, starting from series A, B, C, D, etc. Um, uh, these are uh, funding rounds. What it means, it means after seed, you know, every time com- the, a company raises an equity round, the, the equity round has a name. So series A is early growth, series B also, series C starts to be already, I would say, more mature growth, and beyond that, series C, series D, is already uh, uh, companies which which you know which are tend to be very large companies often with a lot of, uh, uh, of uh, with a lot of sales. It's already moving from venture capital to the next stage, which is uh, it's often uh, private equity, and eventually 
the company either becomes public through an IPO or a SPAC, or it gets acquired via an M&A of one sort of another. This is the life of, uh, of, uh, of a company. Now, typically speaking, you the largest returns are obtained when you invest at a at an early stage, right? Seed, pre-seed, series A, because this is when valuations are relatively low and you expect to make a lot of returns. In other words, many excess. But as there is no free lunch, as we all know, uh, uh, this expectation of, uh, of having larger returns goes together with having a larger risk because we understand that uh, once the company is already... Uh, um, uh, is, is already a large company uh, and, um, and you know, with a lot of revenues and there's a lot of visibility of where this company is going to go, then you're not expecting to have such high returns. But then on the other, on the other hand, you're already expecting to have maybe a dividends uh, and, and you're also not expecting the company to go bust because you have more visibility of where the company is going. So uh, there's a trade-off here between right. investing early with a lot of risk and having expectations for uh, great returns and investing at later stages where you have a much lower risk, of course, but then, of course, uh, as well, uh, uh, lower expectations of returns. We, that's the general picture, right. which I think is important so that people for understand. Sure. We prefer to invest, if you want, our sweet spot is a bit of in-between. We don't like to go too early mm -hmm. because it's really really difficult but uh we don't like to go too late as well because we do want to be relatively aggressive so if we want we trying to strike a balance and our our strategy is to go at series a which is early growth okay. in other words we already have a product we already have a technology we have early sales or towards early sales we can have some sort of an idea but then it's still it's still risky because it's it's early right okay and you've you mentioned at the beginning you've had a couple of exits. Can you just speak about those yeah. and yeah, 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 and the we, process we that you invested in them? Mm -hmm. So we have three exits to our name. The first one is we invested in a company. Um, chronologically speaking, was the first one in a company called Smart App. We invested there in 2017. Uh, it's very interesting uh, a system of uh, smart uh, showers and smart water for, uh, and, and this company was acquired. Uh, by Masco, an American uh, company, uh, the owner of Hans Boy, of uh, which is a, a European faucet, German uh, faucet companies, company. So um, uh, Masco did uh, acquire the company, and, and they're actually doing very well now. I think so. They're quite happy with their acquisition, and that was our first exit. The second exit, uh, we invested through a third party in uh, Lemonade. Uh, and of course, did very well. And we also were quite lucky because we managed to unload our position almost at the top, which is completely uh, random. I mean, we didn't know, but that's how it turned out. Uh, so we did very well. Uh, and the third company that we uh, invested in and went exit um, is a company called Innovit. It's the best LIDAR in the world. So we did well there. Uh, afterwards, also the, the stocks uh, the stock went down sharply uh, as uh, the rest of the market. But if you asked me, and again, this is not an investment advice and whatever, but um, uh, the, the, the valuation of the company now makes absolutely no sense. And it's a good example of a company which is publicly traded 
but where the the value of the companies is completely ludicrous because mm -hmm. uh, it's the best lidar in the world is no doubt about that they recently closed a deal of 4.4 billion dollars with Volkswagen public knowledge uh, their their forward uh, order book is around 6.6 .6 billion dollars and the valuation of the company is around 700 million as as we speak so it doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it's a great classic market. case we say in the business uh, when markets drop of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Uh, so everything is is being everything is collapsing. I think it's a good example of if you do intelligence stock picking now. Again, I'm not talking about VC, but uh, but I think intelligence stock picking now probably will 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 give uh, uh, investors over the next I don't know how long one two three four five years probably very very high returns um these are our execs okay so we've got more to come soon okay so let's let, now let's transition right so the markets especially tech have been battered um so far in 2022 that has big ramifications here in israel right you you look at the headlines you know every other high tech high flying tech company is now laying off 10 percent of their workforce um their pluses and minuses or advantages right to I guess on your end, right, as an investor, on the one hand, you have to you have to keep your existing portfolio stable, right? You have to stabilize it. On the other hand, they're great opportunities for you, yes. right? If you're a company, yes. things are different, right? You've got to stretch the money you have, you know, and try and survive. So speak a little bit about that, I guess, from your from your angle, right? How you manage the current portfolio that you've already invested in in tough times and the opportunity. Um, that that's out there now for undeployed capital that you already have. Well, for, it, 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 it's first of all, you're 100% right. Both aspects are correct, and it's really both sides of the same coin. Uh, in other words, because conditions have become so tight, people are laying off and are trying the best they can to, to live on uh, whatever money they have to make it last longer. Uh, so they are essentially cutting the burn rate so that makes it much more difficult. But then as an investor for new investments, uh, you have the opportunity of, 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 of entering entering at, at, at discount prices, right? So um, um, let me give you a few examples. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, plenty of companies are laying off 5, 10, 15, 20% of their employees. Now, what does that mean? Is that does that mean for the for the Israeli uh, uh, high tech that it's a disaster and uh, you know catastrophe or whatever? No, I don't think so, because first of all, there's still a lot of money going around, um, and also we have to remember that there's so always a base effect. So the base effect was 2021. Last year was crazy. I mean, it was insane. However, you look at it, even then, it's, and now it's very easy to say in hindsight. But even last year, I looked at some of the deals we got and it was just ridiculous. So uh, uh, I think that we are just going back to normality. So I think it's very healthy what's happening. It's unpleasant for everybody involved, uh, but it's really going back to normality. And if you're looking at you know, long-term uh, tendencies, uh, trends in the markets, uh, in the VC market in Israel, I think we're simply back to the to the long term. We're even still a bit above the long term uh, uh, growth trend uh, in the VC market in Israel. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with what's happening. 
We just went crazy. I mean, we, the whole world went crazy last year, and now we're going back to normality, mm -hmm. and we have to do to have some sort of an adjustment. That's it. So uh, if you ask me two years from now, I don't know. I'm not a prophet, but it's highly likely that we will have forgotten uh, this episode. Uh, but of course, some of the companies are going to go underwater because they were not prepared for these uh, for these events or they just had to raise money at the wrong time. And it's difficult to raise money now. It's very difficult, much more difficult than it was a year ago. So, um, yeah. What um, what spaces, what sectors sort of in the whole tech world that exists in Israel do you find um, the most exciting going forward? Yes. So um, let me give you in just a 30 seconds our pitch. And, and this is really going to answer your uh, answer your question, because this is where we're investing. So we believe that the the. The competitive, the comparative advantage of Israel is in deep tech. In other words, is the brain power that's here. It's the it's it's really creating disruptive and transformational technologies. This is what we do best, I think, in Israel. So we are looking, you know, to solve real problems uh, in real markets, large and growing. Um, and I'm looking, for instance, at food tech, agri tech. Israel has essentially become the global capital, per, certainly per capita, but even in absolute terms, we're probably number two in the world for agri-tech and food tech. It's incredible. But why? Is that simply, a, is it a bubble? Is it something that's going to burst tomorrow? So yes, uh, investments have, of course, uh, come down this year. Uh, They're in, in agri-food as in everything else. But the reality is that the transformation that uh, agricultural industry and the food industry is going through are going through uh, right now is probably the most important and fastest transformation ever in the history of mankind for thousands of years we have never ever witnessed such a huge and and fast transformation so uh, food industry if you want 20 years ago was still old tech today it's progressively becoming modernized, but 20 years from now, it's going, we're going to be eating something very, very different. The whole process is going to be much more uh, efficient, of course, in digital and modern. And uh, that's, that's on the agri-tech uh, side. And on the food tech, the type of food we are going to be eating is going to be very different. Let me give you two examples of companies where we have invested. One is uh, Aleph Farms. It's a, it's a lab-grown meat. So it's real meat. It's not uh, uh, meat alternatives. It's real meat. And human beings need meat because we've been eating meat for thousands of years. So I don't believe that we are going simply to get rid of eating meat. This is not going to happen. We may be eating less meat. That's possible. Uh, Plant-based meat alternatives are probably going to grow. There is no doubt about that. But overall, even if the taste becomes better, the texture becomes better, etc., at the end of the day, people like meat. And they need meat also. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, and this being the case, we need to find uh, more efficient ways and more humane ways of producing meat. And I think that Aleph Farms and a few other companies, of course, like Aleph Farms, are the solution to this problem. So the idea is to you essentially create in in a lab in vitro, if you want, a steak within three to four weeks. And it's a real steak, it's real meat. You're not eating pretend meat. 
you read you're eating real meat just meat that was created not out of a living cow but out of cells which have been essentially uh, uh, grown in a in a in a lab that's one example the other example is a company where we have investors called remilk so uh, but both companies in Rehovot. so remilk is an amazing company um uh, which you know the concept is the same as uh, as Aleph farms in terms of here for milk products you go dairy products you're going to have milk not coming from a cow uh, this is not lab grown milk this is uh, uh, reproducing the the dna of uh, of uh, of the milk but uh, uh, you still have real milk which is uh, from uh, uh, you know genetically identical to to the milk from the cow it just doesn't come from a cow so this is the world where we're going to go tomorrow this is a way, and, and you also have, by the way, companies like that for uh, all types of foods, for fish, for uh, uh, eggs, uh, etc. So, if you want, we are moving to a veg to a, a vegan world, where we are going to have real meat products, real dairy products, real fish products, real uh, uh, egg products, just without the real stuff. I mean, with without the traditional. Uh, 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 food that uh, you know that was created existed for thousands of years. So this is a massive revolution, but this is happening. Uh, we love that. I think it's uh, making it's you know it's all in the rage with the ESG, the impact, the sustainability, and all this stuff. And it also makes, and first and foremost, it makes economic sense uh, because nobody is going to eat milk uh, uh, because it's more sustainable or less. And it's just you know. This is not a reason to to eat to eat mm -hmm. uh, to to drink uh, you know real milk milk, but if you can get a product which is going to be uh, of the same quality as 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 you know as as cow's milk at the but at the same price or lower price, when um, you also have all the added advantages of, of 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 not having the cow's milk, in other words, of saving land, water, etc., energy, then of course people are going to do it um that's 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 these are an example this is an example for agri-food we also like healthcare we like deep tech in healthcare we like we like uh, mobility because you know the, the way we move in cities and, and and around and around the world is changing so i think mobility is very important uh we like industry 4.0 because traditional industries are are changing massively and the way we do we do everything really is changing it's becoming modernized so there's a huge opportunity and um you know we like fintech because we are financial guys my partner and myself uh, this is these are the main uh these are the main uh, uh you know okay. industries where we invest um yeah more or less although i have to say that most of the just so it turned out that most of the in, of the of the technologies we invested in so far are computer-based vision uh, based technology okay. because uh, it's also crazy to see how markets work because you know in 2017 2018 uh, nvidia actually managed to get uh, the cost of streaming and of uh, of, of, of uh, down dramatically and this made actually this whole industry possible so starting i think in 2017 18 19 you have uh, more and more companies in this field which came which became viable and now they are reaching uh, much more you know maturity series a and we have a lot of uh, good opportunities and we, we like that very much
Okay, that's really, really interesting. Uh, final question. Okay, we're still talking about entrepreneurship and your whole life is sort of entrepreneurship, right? You work with yes. entrepreneurs and you yourself took the plunge, right? You left a cushy job at Israel's uh, either largest or second largest bank, right? And you decided Dungeons to throw Dungeons. caution to the wind, right? And start. So what kind of tip, give me one tip, let's say, for any kind of an entrepreneur, either you know in Israel already or, or, or coming to Israel, um, that you think is really important to help them uh, you know, decide whether they should go ahead or what they have to look forward to in, in, as an entrepreneur. Hmm. It's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great question. I would say, you know, try to find, um, you know, marketable skills, see that you really have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy. It's very difficult to be an entrepreneur. Um, uh, and, and see that you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur know how to sell don't lie to yourself i mean you have to be optimistic because otherwise you're not going to do it but don't lie to yourself um look you know try to be as realistic as is possible in other words okay you want to if we're talking about tech do i have a technology which is really unique and interesting and different is there a really a real use case in real life for that in other words uh, one of the worst thing we can do as uh, VC uh, uh, investors is uh, to invest in a company uh, which is really a technology looking for a product, looking for a market. That's really bad because sometimes you've got great technologies, but so what? They're not market mar marketable, right? So you need to find something where there is there is a real demand, real market. Um, but then, but that if you know how to do that and you have what it takes, then go for it. Go for it. Don't don't be scared. Don't be afraid. God will help. And on that spirit, we are the spiritual uh, capital of the world. So on that note, uh, we'll wrap it up. Amir, thanks so much for coming on. I, I was remiss. Thank how you, can, Aaron. How can people get in touch with you? Okay, so I'm very, very available. It's very easy. Um, through LinkedIn, through my internet side, through everything. Uh, you know, just send me a mail. Uh, even to Facebook, through pretty much everything, <laughs> Twitter, uh, you, just any uh, any uh, any uh, social media, uh, you can very very easily find me. You just look look me up on on, on Google, and um, it's very very easy to find me. Just send me a message, and I'm always available. Okay, and we'll put some of those some of that contact information we'll put on the notes of the show as well, so people can. With find pleasure. It. Thanks so much for coming on. It was great. Thank you. You, you've been tuning into the Aaron Katzman Show. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments once again. If you like this show or any other show, please hit the like button below. And if you've not yet done so, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and tell everybody. Tell your friends, tell your spouse, your significant other, pets, whatever it is. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll speak to you soon.